Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, that's good. <laughs> He's good. I don't know about that. Is that off? We good? We good? All right. Amen. Whew, well, it's been, it's been, man, that is loud. Is it just me or is it? Yeah, it's that. Amen. I think back, you know, two years ago when Pastor Lawrence asked me, did I want to come here? And immediately I said, in my, in my mind, I said, no. <laughs> no, I, I don't. You know, I've never thought about it. I, I, never, I, I never had a dream that said, you know, I'm going to go here. But my heart was submitted to what God desired for me. And, and I, I, can, I can tell you this, that I believe had I not been obedient to what God was calling me in to do, even though there was going to be hardship, even though it was uncomfortable, the transition has been, I don't think I ever would have stepped into the fullness of what God wanted for my life. And I encourage you that, that there's things that God is calling you to do. There's things that he's calling you into. There's obedience that he's demanding from you that is not going to be easy. That it's going to require something of you. And it may not be the thing that you thought it was supposed to look like. But that needs to be okay. It has to be okay. Because if it's not, then you'll never enter into those things that he has for you. You'll never enter into them. His desire is for you to enter into them. But if you choose not to, you won't. And, and I'm not saying that I've did everything perfectly by no means. But at the same time, I want to encourage you that it's easy to look at me and say, oh, you know, he's this or he's that or whatever. It's been a hard road. <laughs> And, and there's been a lot of sacrifice that I've had to make to, to just even be here. But he is faithful. You know, he who calls, he's faithful and just. And, and he's provided. And, and, and what initially was a God, I, I don't want to go here. I, I don't want to go there. I, I don't want to do this. Can, can you call me somewhere else? Can I go to California? Can I go somewhere that's not pine trees and pollen? You know, I... <laughs> I don't want swamps. I don't like old man's beard, whatever that stuff is called. I don't like any of that, you know. But God called me here, and, you know, where he calls, that's where his grace is at. That's where joy is. That's where fulfillment is. That's where it's at. It may not look like it, but that's where it is. And sometimes we get so caught up in, in, in trying to run after something that looks good. It, it, maybe it's what the world is doing. It's, it's whatever, but God hasn't called us to that. His grace isn't there. There's no joy there. It, it's just empty. So <clears throat> I say all that just to say that I, I encourage you, really take a step back and say, God, what are those things that you're calling me to do? What, where are you calling me? Who are those people that you're calling me to? And do that. Yes. However hard it is, he provides the grace to do it. It looks hard. It may even look impossible. I remember when um, I was going to Guatemala two, two years ago, I was just like, 
You know, I felt like I had a word. I was, I was seeking the Lord for it, you know, got confirmation. At that time, I was in New Covenant Church, Valdosta, submitted it to the elders. I mean, I did kind of every little checklist thing. And really, I didn't really count the cost. I, I didn't think it was going to be as expensive as it was. I mean, I had kind of a, a, a breakout of what it was going to cost. But when I went and I submitted all to the elders, you know, I kind of overbudgeted a little bit. But in my mind, I wasn't thinking, I'm going to have to pay this. It didn't even cross my mind because I knew God called me to this and he's going to provide. It was over $6,000 to go, but he provided because that's where he called me to. In and of myself, I, I, I didn't have $6,000 at that time. I didn't even have close to that. But again, what is he calling us to do? And do that because that's where the grace is and that's where his fulfillment is. That's where the joy that you've been seeking is. It's there. It's there. Amen. Um, well, amen. So today is the third part of the You Asked For It series, a four-part series <laughs> that you asked for. Amen. And today I'm going to be talking about whether or not our past disqualifies us. So the question is... Does my past disqualify me? Amen? And I'm not going to answer it until the end. Really, my heart is that as we go through it, the Holy Spirit answers the question for you. You know, that, that I really encourage you all. I'm about to pray in a second. I really encourage you all. Um, sometimes, even I, I, I fell into this trap almost a little bit myself. I'm, I'm going through the Word. I'm preparing, and I'm like, man, I know this verse. I know this verse. I've heard this verse before. And I remember a, a mentor of mine, Brinson Bark, he'd always say, normally before he preached, he would say, okay, I'm going to ask you to do this. Will, will you just, will you look at these verses as though they're the first time you've ever read them? <laughs> will you just... Allow the Lord to do a, a newness, a freshness in it. God can take one verse and the Holy Spirit could speak on, to you on that. A new, rea a, a new depth of revelation every day until you die. <laughs> and just one verse, you know. So I encourage you, there's going to be a lot of stuff that you've heard before. And I think sometimes it's easy for us, myself, even as I'm sitting there, to be in spectator mode and say, I know that. Oh, I've heard that before. Oh, I know that verse. I can finish the verse for you. You want me to? You know, it, it's easy for us to get in that mode, you know. But we shortchange ourselves. We shortchange ourselves because God wants to do something. He wants to speak. The question is, is do we want to hear? You know, do we want to hear? Amen. So let me pray for us this morning. Amen. Father God, I, I, I thank you <laughs> that, 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 that you love us and that you desire to speak to us a fresh word. That, that, that you desire to speak directly to, to, to that issue, that problem, that very thing that's in our lives. A specific word for us. Not just a general word for everyone, God, but you want to speak directly to our very heart and soul. And, and we just say right now, individually, I, I, just, I just want you to just allow that to just well up out of you and say, God, you know, I'm hungry for a word from you. Like, I am not leaving this place without hearing a word from you that, 
how much you care about me, how much you love me, and just a personal revelation of my own life about whether or not my past has disqualified me, disqualifies me, whatever that looks like, I just want to hear from you. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. And, and we just say, move, Holy Spirit, speak as only you can. <laughs> that, 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 that you are truth, and we desire to hear truth today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before I get started, let me make sure I have time. Yeah, we're good. Um, there was something that the Lord's just really been stirring in me this entire week. And there's actually two really short, well, one story and one just concept, I guess, that I want to share with everyone real quick. And me and Pastor Lawrence, we normally meet on Tuesdays. Um, this past Tuesday evening, we started kind of talking a little bit about at least this is what I think we talked about. If, if it's not, then we'll make it. So I guess <laughs> um, we started to kind of talk about atmosphere versus presence. Did, did we talk about that a little bit? And then Wednesday morning, I have a men's Bible study that I go to, and it's the very thing that we talked about, presence versus atmosphere. And, and I feel like the Lord just gave me a word, and, and I want to submit it to you that I really feel that the Holy Spirit just wants me, to, wants me to submit this word to you. And after I say it, I'll, I'll speak of the heart with which I believe that he's sharing it with us. And, and it's as it relates to presence versus atmosphere. So here, you know, atmosphere, okay, get the lights right, you know, make sure we've got, you know, nice videos, whatever it is, you know, nice music. Actually, this morning, the atmosphere... From a worldly standpoint, wasn't that great? But I, I believe God's presence was here, you know. And I think sometimes, or at least I feel that this is where we're at, at least in a little bit, is that sometimes God will not allow you to do something in the natural because he wants you to focus on what only he can provide. And <clears throat> I really feel that even as it relates to atmosphere here, that, that God really wants us to just take a step back and say, God, you know, we'll put that second. And I'm not just talking about leadership. I'm talking about us corporately. That, you know, I'm not necessarily worried about whether there's one person up there playing guitar or there's a whole band. I want God's presence. I want his presence to move. I want his presence to move through me, to move through you, Brother Bill, to move through whoever to speak, to give a word, whatever it is that, that we want God's presence, if there's a nice atmosphere to go with it, well, praise God. If not, I'd rather have his presence. I'd, I'd rather have it. And I, I really feel that so, so often it's easy for us to ignore the necessity of God's presence. And um, I felt like the Lord said this to me, and then it's as something that he wanted me to share with you. And, and he said this, as long as you are willing to do it without me, I will let you. See, God's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on us. So, so he's not going to say, no, 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 I'm doing this in your life. He said, well, do you want me? 
Do you want me to come? Do you want me to move? Do you want me to speak? And if we say, eh, maybe, I don't know. Okay. So I say all that to say this. Let me share a really quick story, and then I'm going I'm to get started. Um, I was at a church about a year ago. I was actually with a friend of mine, and it was a worship night. And Methodist church or Baptist church or something, I can't remember, but, you know, it was probably about this many people in there. And... You know, I'm standing up kind of worshiping, and I'm looking around, and everyone's just sitting down, just kind of staring at the people who are up on the stage worshiping. And I, for a second, whether it's pride or whatever it is, kind of just welled up in me, and I'm like, what are they doing? You know, like, what is this? And I felt like the Lord quickened me. (laughs) And... I said, I'm just like, you know, Holy Spirit, move. You know, I I really just felt like the Holy Spirit was moving. I just wanted the Holy Spirit to move in them. And I felt like the Lord said this to me. He said, they don't want me to. And, you know, I I think it's easy for us to just hear that and say, yeah, whatever, you know. But I really want us to just take a step back and just self-examine ourselves, not just for today, but our lives. And going forward, I really believe that, that, that as a body here, that we're really on the precipice, it's a big word, we're on the, the brink of, of some things that God really wants to do. But I, I, I feel as though he's saying, do you want me? Not just it, not just what I'm going to do, but do you want me, you want the fullness of me in it, not just the it that I can do or that I provide. So, so when he said that to me, I, I felt just an overwhelming just presence of the Lord that I couldn't, I couldn't move, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't even sit down. I, I was just, I felt so overcome by the Father's heart towards all the people who were just sitting there spectating that his heart was, I want to move. It's, it's like he speaks of his people, Israel. He says, you know, I've longed to just gather you under my wings like, you know, a mother hen does her eggs, but you are unwilling. You know, he says, I, I just long to do that. So if you hear anything today, I, I pray that you don't hear me saying you're not doing X. Because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is God wants to do X in us, through us. So I'm just encouraging us to say, God, have your way. So that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Amen? Amen. Now we can start. <laughs> now we can start. So does my past disqualify me? All right, next slide. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I'm going to touch very briefly on the enemy strategy, very briefly on now what? which is a response to our identity in Christ. So I really feel that the question, does my past disqualify me, is ultimately an identity question. It, it ultimately comes back to who am I, why am I here, where am I going? It, it's, it's an identity question. So if we're secure in our identity, then, then we already know the answer to that question. Amen. Uh, next slide, please. I'll probably just carry this. I don't really want to stand back there. <laughs> like, 
if I don't start standing back there, then I, 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 won't, I won't. So I'm trying to make myself walk around. Amen. Amen. So the enemy strategy is what? Everyone say it. Lies. Lies. Amen. So we can just think of verses that just come to our mind. If you go to the next slide. So first I just wanted to use this slide so I can kind of get it out of the way just so that we see that, that Satan is the accuser, not A. He is the accuser of the brethren, that, that, that he accuses us, one, to each other, but he also accuses us to the Father day and night. He, he accuses us, okay? But at the same time, when we look at his strategy, he is a liar, and he's been lying from the beginning. If you go to the next slide, please. So John 8, 44 says that he was a murderer from the beginning. <laughs> what beginning? I mean, we can go back to the beginning as far as it relates to uh, Adam and Eve. We can go back to the beginning of when he fell. We could probably go back to the beginning of when he was even created, to be honest with you. So whatever beginning you want to choose, he's always been a murderer. He's always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Go to the next slide, please. Again, we see in the garden that, that he asked Eve, did God really say? Did, did God really say? Like, did you really get that right? Is, do you really know what God said? Did he really say that? It's, it's easier to be deceived when you don't really know what was said. And I think in some ways, you know, Eve didn't get it firsthand. She got it secondhand. <laughs> so my heart is that as I'm speaking... As whoever's up here speaking, amen, that, that we're not just willing to receive it second, third hand, whatever it is, but that, that, that we continue, again, I'm encouraging, that we, that I continue to say, you know what, God, I'm just not going to, to receive it from Pastor Lawrence or from myself or from whoever's up here, but God, I, I, I want it from you. God, what are you saying about this? What are you saying about that? That I, I want that fresh manna, so to speak, that, that comes directly out of the oven from him. <laughs> Amen. So, so, so we see that the serpent here, um, he asks Eve, did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of the garden, uh, from any of the trees in the garden? Uh, did he really say that you won't die? The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened and soon, as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. I, I want to I go to the next slide. I, I want to... I want us to just look at a couple things that Satan tends to say to us or that he asks us. So where he asks Eve, did, did God really? Maybe he would say to us, are you really? You know, and I'm just going to, I'm going to read through them really quick. Are you really wanted, loved, saved, worthy, worthy, beautiful, handsome, purchased, pure, justified, secure, sealed? Are you really holy? Are you really a son or a daughter? Are you really righteous, accepted, wanted? Are you really important? Are you really unique? Are you really qualified? You know, are you disqualified? Are you really qualified? Are you destined? Are you really new? Are you really a new creation? Are you really made new? You don't seem like it. You know, so we have to know what in order to combat lies. What, what do we have to know in order to combat lies? We have to know truth. We have to know truth ultimately. So that's about all the time we're going to kind of give the enemy. It's just enough to kind of just talk over him for a second. And I want us to go to the next slide. 
so for the youth, this is probably a familiar looking slide. It's the exact same slide that I've used in youth group. Uh, we did a five-part series on identity, and to be honest with you, I could have did a five-month series <laughs> on identity. Um, I love the youth. I mean, God has just given me such a heart for the youth here that really, apart from just saying that I, I can't, I can't ex describe it or explain it to you, where at once I was like, no, I'm not going to tip, and now it's like, God, I love these people and these kids. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's God, but... But anyways, uh, five weeks on identity was just, it's nothing. And, you know, you can ask Miss April, almost every Wednesday, not every Wednesday, but almost every Wednesday, we're always reverting back to identity. We're always reverting back to identity, always reverting back. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. If we're talking about honor, we're going to revert back to identity. We're talking about, you know, uh, you know, the Bible, you know, who made it, you know, why is it written, we're going to go back to identity. If, if we're talking about morality, you know, living more on an immoral world, we're going to go back to identity. I mean, it's just, we keep going back and we keep going back. So I really want to encourage you today um, that identity is, I would say, probably one of the most important things that we can talk about apart from what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. You know, apart from that, because ultimately that determines our identity, it determines who we are. But if we don't know who we are, then who are we? <laughs> I mean, if we don't know who we are, then who are we? If you go to the next slide real quick, please. Um, know your identity or others will define it for you. Isn't that amazing? It's such a simple, I don't know who the quote's from, it didn't have it at the bottom, but... Um, I mean, it's, it's not a Bible verse, but it's true. It's true. I mean, everyone and their stepmother will try and define your identity if you don't know who, who you are and, and what's been made available for you in Christ. If you don't know it, I mean, the enemy, he is just waiting. I mean, he, he's got a laundry list of things that he's like, this is what you can be. This is what I have for you if we don't know who we are in Christ. So I would say that this is, and, and I just encourage you all, if you want to know something to pray for as far as it relates to the youth, this. Because in this day and age, I would say that identity has, is being attacked probably more than it's ever been. You know, the kids, they just, for the most part, they, they don't know who they are. They don't know why they're here, and they don't know where they're going. So how can we expect them to live biblically when they don't know who they are, why they're here, where they're going. I mean, we're, we have, I don't want to say unrealistic expectations of them, but ultimately, based on where they're at, they're somewhat unrealistic, you know? So my heart is just continually, as I'm there, just continuing that this is who you are in Christ. This is what the Word says. This is why you're here. It, not, not this. Or, or maybe I ask... So, uh, well, you, 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 know, you, know, you know that you're saved, you know that you're a Christian, but why are you here on the earth? That's what it sounds like. Normally, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I'm here. I, I have no clue. I, I don't know. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Again, you know, a lot of times what I hear is parents define why their kids are alive. You know, this is what you're going to do. This is where you're going. 
you know, obviously, like I said, the enemy wants to, to define it. Maybe teachers do. Maybe whether it's celebrities or whatever, just the world is full of stuff that's looking to define why they're here. So that's just a little uh, rabbit trail. I really just encourage you all, please be praying for our youth. Please. I mean, God is just doing amazing things over there. It's just, it's, it's just really blessed my heart. Um, but if you want to pray specifically, you know, pray that they would know him, that they would know who they are in him, why they're here, and where they're going in him. Amen? Amen. Uh, next slide, please. All right, now this is a massive wall of text. So um, I'm going to read it three times. The first time I want to read it in the red. The second time I want to read it just the black words. And then the third time I'm going to read it all the way through. Okay, so I'm going to read it really quickly. So were used, used, were, loved, gave, raised, saved, raised, seated, united, united, saved, have done, has created, planned. Now I'm going to read the black words. Dead, sins, world, following, sinful nature, but God, life, dead, with Christ, grace, gift, salvation, God's masterpiece, a new good things. It's interesting how just hearing it, you can hear like a, a shift or a, a change just in reading just the verbs or just reading, you know, maybe some of the, the, the nouns or, you know, the people that are involved. Um, so now let me read the whole thing. So this is Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I encourage you, if you don't write anything else, just write this verse and just start at 1 and just read through 10. You know, in the Amplified, NIV, King James Version, New King James, M, you know, NLT, NIV, MSG, just read it all. Amen. Because really, ultimately, this, this takes us from who we were, who we are, and where he's placed us positionally and where we're going. I mean, it, it just covers kind of the whole thing. So, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Um, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But by our very nature... We were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God. So, I mean, that, that sentence, I mean, we see it several times in the Bible, or they are for God, or but God. Um, ultimately, he changes everything, doesn't he? But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ Jesus and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. <laughs> so none of us can boast about it. 
For we are God's masterpiece. Another version says his, his handiwork or his workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, another version at the end of it, I, I want to say it says that, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand. So before all of this, he prepared them for us to walk in them. I, I like that because I've been walking around here this entire time and walking for the most part. I know as you get older, it becomes a little more burdensome. But for the most part, walking is effortlessly. You know, it's, it's effortless. We walk effortlessly. To run, you know, I can run for a little while or I, I can jog or whatever. But to walk, I can walk. I can walk. So... I like that version because it tells me that, that when I'm in God's will, when, I, when I'm doing those things that he prepared beforehand for me to do, that I'm just walking in them. I'm just walking. I'm not having to run. I'm not having to strive. If I am, then they're probably not those things that he has for me. You know? It, 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 it does take effort. You know, it takes effort for me to put one leg in front of the other, but for the most part, it's, it's just walking. So I just want to encourage you that that we say all of this from 1 to verse 9 to get to 10. It's God saying, look, there's things that I'm just... Because of all of this, because of everything that I've done, because of who you were, who you are now, where you're seated, that there's things that I've called you to do to just walk in. Amen? Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> let's go to the next verse because I could stay on that one for, for a very long time. Let me see what time it is. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Uh, for the children's sake, I, I left the, the, the top part off. But basically, Paul, is he just goes into talking about past sin. You know, what, just you name it. He doesn't necessarily list all of it, but he lists enough to know that you can just put it all in there. You know, anyone who walks according to, to, to sin, that's everything prior to. And he says that, that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it says that some of you, and really the reason I think he says some of you is because he didn't list all the sins. If he would have listed all the sins, he would have said, and all of you, <laughs> you know. But if you, if you list only three sins, well, maybe some of them have not done this, you know. So you can't say all of you. So let's just say he listed all of them. So all of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. So it doesn't matter. You know, I was, I was going to have, you know, maybe some youth come up here and say, okay, this person used to be this, and this person used to do this, and this person used to do this. And, this. and then I was like... I felt like the Holy Spirit was just like, no, it doesn't matter who you used to be. I mean, it, it literally does not matter. The enemy wants to say, no, it matters. It matters that you used to do that. Oh, it matters that you did that. But God says, no, no. That's why it's not even there. Look, it's, it's gone. 
So you just put, put whatever it is on top and just say, okay, I used to be like that. I, oh, I was that at one point in time, but God. But God. He cleansed me. <laughs> Amen. Washed. I, I love... Um, I love in the Old Testament, I can't remember, maybe I wrote it down, let me see, I just, I like to give out uh, verses, no, I, I can't remember, but anyways, God is talking to his people and he says, come, let us reason together, though your sins are, are red as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow, amen, so what he's saying is, he just lumped it all together. Sin, they're your sins, are ready to scarlet, all of it. Come, come, come. Let, let's make a, a, a covenant, a deal, a pact, whatever. Let's reason together. Though your sins are ready to scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. So that's his heart. Again, if you're hearing something, let it be what he's saying. Amen. Let it be what he's saying. That, that, that his heart, he is a restorer. And he, he doesn't, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe, maybe I should yeah, I am, but anyways, we'll, we'll say it again. <laughs> He's a restorer. He loves to restore. He loves to create. He doesn't just restore like we do. We, we take something that's beat up, and maybe we ding the beats out. I mean, you know, uh, whatever. We just we try and make it look better. But he doesn't do it like that. He takes it, and he just makes it new. You know, he just makes it again, and, and we'll, we'll go back over that in a second, but, but that's who he is. Let's go to the next slide. Is that clock right? Is it 140? I mean, is it uh, 1140? Okay. Amen. All right, so you guys are going to see a lot of Beth in these next slides, but the reason I'm emphasizing the word is so that we also can realize that positionally and as, in, as Christians that we are dead with him, with Christ, that, that we died with him, that we might be alive with him. Okay, so we're going to read a few of these. So you can, you can put, if you want to, past in there with that death because that's where it is. It's dead. You know? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin any li live any longer in it? And I love what Paul says here. Or do you not know? Did somebody not tell you? Did you not get the memo? <laughs> that as many of us as are baptized into Christ Jesus were, past tense, baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read uh, the next slide, which is the, the next couple verses, and then I'll, I'll come back. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, 
that our old man, our past, was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now, now this, is, this finishes the whole thing up right here. But you have to know that you, you died with him in order to say this. For he who has died has been free from sin. So I want to ask you, are you dead? <laughs> that you might live in him. You have to know that. You have to know, if I'm in him, my past is gone. That's not who I am. I, it, it's, it's been buried with him. That, that, that literally it says, it says that my old man, my old self, that sinful nature was crucified with him. Amen? That I should no longer be a slave of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. He has died. If you're dead, what are you? Dead. <laughs> you know, I know that zombie movies are popular, or zombie stuff is popular nowadays, but, but technically, death doesn't have life. Like, there's, if it's dead, it's, it's dead. It doesn't move. It de it's decayed to the point where it's just bones. You know, heck, after a while, things probably start gnawing on the bones. <laughs> and, you know, in some instances, what was there is no longer. You know, if the, after the bones have, I don't know, do you know how long it takes for bones to decay? Just, no? I was just wondering. Maybe they, maybe they taught you all that. Um, I was just wondering. <laughs> but... <laughs> Just a random, hey, they teach a lot of random information in school. Trust me, I've got a lot of it for you, um, which is, you know, a lot of stuff that you don't even know, but it, it happens. But um, amen. So I've got a few more verses just, just in case these may not have, have sunk down in us. I, I, God always says things more than once, not because he's prideful, not because he's egoistic and he likes to hear himself speak, but it's because it's important, yes, and we're hard of hearing. <laughs> we don't. It takes 10, 20, 50, 100, however many times, and then you're like, oh, now I get it. Now, oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for telling me a thousand times, Jesus. Amen. Let's go to the next slide, please, Tristan. All right. So uh, this is out of uh, Galatians 3, 3 through 4. For you die to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. <laughs> so he takes it even a step further. So not only is our old man dead, okay, but he's saying this life, that, that really we've died to this that we might live to him. So that, that, that there's even a, a deeper step, not just that my old sinful carnal nature was crucified with Christ. Well, we need to know that to start. That's, that's where we start at. Amen. But that, that this life, he says that it's hidden. No, that I've died to this life and my real life is hidden with Christ. It's hidden in him. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, the whole world, you will share in all his glory. There's another verse I didn't put up here, but it's, it's there, Galatians 2.20. Um, 
uh, I believe Paul is speaking. And let me, let me look real quick. It is, yeah. Um, I, I love this verse because I feel it. it I feel that when, when Paul says it, Paul isn't just saying it for us. Paul is saying that this is... This is where I'm at. This is where I'm at by faith. So let, let me read it real quick. It says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives on the inside of me. Okay, so now we could all say that. But, but then he says this. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And I felt like the Lord showed me this last night that we can we can we can read Galatians 2:20, but the question is is yes, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. He he does live in me as a Christian by the Holy Spirit. But can I agree with Paul about the rest of the verse? Am I? For it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives on the inside of me. And the life I now live. Can you pull that up, Tristan? I'm sorry, I should have put that. I should have put that in there. It's Galatians 2.20. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. It may not over. Oh, there we go. Good job, man. Um, uh, 20. There we go. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So, my question to myself is, am I living a life by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me? Is that the life that I'm living Am I living a life of faith? Am I living that? Am I living that? Amen. Amen. Well, let's go to the next slide, please, Tristan. This is a quote by Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker is a missionary for uh, Iris, I believe it's Iris Ministries, um, in Mozambique, Africa. She's done other stuff as well. But she says, and this is just her heart, not a Bible verse, it's her heart. She's just sharing um, just her, her ideas. And she says, I do believe that God wants us to die, but he doesn't want to leave us dead. <laughs> so good. He wants us dead so we can be resurrected in the power of his glory. He wants to give us a new life that is no longer our own, but given wholly to him. I'm going to read it again. I do believe that God wants us to die, and ultimately we just read that in Christ we have. But he doesn't want to leave us dead. Okay, well, we read that he didn't leave us there, that we were also resurrected with him, amen? He wants us dead so that we can be resurrected in the power of his glory. He wants to give us a new life that is no longer our own, but given wholly to him. I'm really convinced that... That 
fullness or, or living the fullness that God, and, and I talked about this earlier, living the fullness that God desires for us to live is only possible this way. That, that there's death to self that has to happen, you know, just, just in our own daily walk, that really, if we don't choose to step out in that, we're not going to enjoy we're not going to have that joy. We're not going to enjoy the life, really, that God has for us. And, and you look at Paul. Paul had joy, even though he's shipwrecked, beat, going to prison, you know, left for dead, stoned. I mean, all of these things. But he had a joy that probably most of us, you know, just scra scraping the surface of. And that joy didn't originate in him. Where does it come from? It comes from him. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things, they don't well up in me from myself. They come from him. Amen? They come from him. Um, next slide, please. I know that there's a lot of verses up here, but my heart is ultimately I don't have anything really to give you except that which he desires to deposit through me. But it always has to be by the means of his word. At least that's my heart. Because I can't add anything to this, and I can't take anything from it, that, that ultimately it's sufficient. <laughs> it's sufficient. And I think sometimes it's easy for us to just to, 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 to get away from the simplicity of his word, that, that I believe that God is able to do far more through his word than anything, any, anything that I could possibly do, any, any big word I could possibly use, any whatever it is that, that, that I believe that he's, he's more than able, even on verses that we hear all the time. Here's another verse that, you know, we hear all the time. You know, therefore, if, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That, that literally, when it says new, it's speaking of something that's never existed before. It's, it is new. Not just restored. Not take an old bike, restore it. Take an old car, restore it. No, no, no. Literally, it, it didn't used to exist. That it's, it's qualitatively and quantitatively. Meaning it's, it's, it is better in quantity and quality than it used to be in every way. It's better that, that he, he doesn't restore down. He restores up always. He makes it better. Amen. He makes us better. That's us. We're not just speaking of some inanimate object. We're speaking of us, that he's made me. He's made you a new creation in him. And <clears throat> we'll get to the end of this verse, which is probably one of my favorite uh, sections of scripture uh, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 18 through 21. We'll get to that towards the end. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's go to the next slide real quick. <laughs> I like this one. God doesn't use duct tape. <laughs> as, a, as a kid, I, I love duct tape. <laughs> I mean, I, I would duct tape everything, you know. But you like duct tape too, Lainey? Yeah, I, I like me some duct tape. I remember my mom used to watch this, like, hillbilly guy. He used duct tape for everything on TV. I have no idea what his name was, but, I mean, he would duct tape everything. Like, he made inventions from duct tape. But, amen, that God, 
God doesn't use duct tape on us. Amen. He doesn't use duct tape. He makes all things new. And this is actually from uh, Revelation uh, 21, 5. It says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And just really with this verse in mind and the last verse that, again, I just want to encourage you that wherever you're at, whatever your past is, whether you're in Christ or outside of Christ, that that he desires to make new. And really, if you're in Christ, he's already made you new. If you're in him, you're already new. It's been done. Everything we just read, it was all past tense verbs. Done, dead, buried. Even your new state, resurrected, it's past tense. It didn't say he will resurrect you in Christ. No, 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 you are resurrected in newness of life with him. Past tense, if we're in him. If we're in him. And we'll talk about if we're not in a little bit. Let's go to the next slide real quick. And, and I feel like this kind of sums up, um, well, to a degree, identity. That, that it has to come from the standpoint of there being now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. None. The rest of that verse um, actually is it's not in the original It's, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period. That's it. Why? Why? Well, we just read it. How can there be? It's been paid for legally. It's done. It's it's done. So when the enemy tries to come to us who are in Christ and say, no, 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 but what about done, dead, literally dead, buried, crucified, blood-covered, blood-bought, resurrected, in newness of life, all of those things that <clears throat> Paul talks about as being ignorant of his schemes, or really he was, he was encouraging the church not to be ignorant of Satan's schemes, but they're the same schemes. <laughs> they're lies. It's the same thing over and over and over and over again. And and sometimes I think, I don't know where this quote's from, but I think uh, someone said, if you hear a lie long enough, you'll begin to believe it. And I think, I think sometimes that's what happens to us. At least I know it does to me. Sometimes we hear it so much, those, those thoughts that come. This is another thing that I feel like the Lord just really, uh, really helped me see better as a younger Christian is that not everything that comes into my mind came from fear. (laughs) Not not everything I think, not every thought that comes to my mind welled up from inside of me. That literally the enemy attacks me from where? Here. Primarily. Now obviously there's exterior attack, but so much of his warfare comes in, if they're lies, you know, lies don't tend to do this. They don't, you know, a a lie isn't physical. You know, it's not physically doing something exterior to you. So if it's a lie, then it's going to tend to come where? In how you think, in your thought process. So realizing, okay, well, you know, it does take the word and wisdom and the Holy Spirit to differentiate sometimes between the two. What's a thought that welled up? What's a thought that is an attack? But as we, as we start to know this more, 
we're able to differentiate between, okay, you know, this is what my dad says. I don't see that here. So if it's coming from here, I choose not to think it. And if it's from coming from without, if it's coming from the enemy, then, you know, I bring that thought captive to the obedience of Christ because that's not what my father is speaking over me. That's not what he's proclaimed, and that's not what he's saying. That's not what he said. Amen? Amen. So let me just read this real quick, and what we'll go on to the, to the last little bit. So it says, there is, so, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That ultimately, because we're dead, we've been freed from sin. Sin has no power, none. And I really want to encourage us. I think sometimes we proclaim things, I know I do, that aren't true. That sin literally has zero power over us, none, except the power that we give it. The power that we give it through declaration, the power that we give it through just not knowing what the word says, ignorance. That it, it has no power over us in Christ, in Christ. Amen. Next slide. So, so uh, Pastor Lawrence's favorite two-letter uh, two word question, now what? <laughs> um, I really believe that in light, that in light of all this, that God really desires for us to enjoy life. I, I really do. He wants us to laugh. I mean, he wants us to, to have joy. He wants us really, above all else, to love. He wants us to love. He wants us to love. Um, I, uh, <laughs> there's a couple verses that just really come to my mind as it relates to God's love and you know, we know that the Bible says that we love or we get the ability to love or we can love because he first loved us. That it's not out of my resources that I'm loving someone. I can. I can choose to. I'll get burnt out that way. I don't, I, I don't have enough love for people. I mean, I'm smiling up here, but I, in and of myself, I don't have it. You know, unconditional love is not necessarily me, but it's him who lives in me. So I, I love out of that resource. If, if I take a step back and say I'm just going to love out of the, the natural me, well, flesh will rise up quickly, you know, because we can't love like he loves. I was listening to a song this morning. I can't remember the name of it, but it says, what kind of king leaves a throne? What kind of king leaves his glory to die? And it just... I'm talking about it wrecked me. And I, I, I know that I've listened to the song. It's Amazing Grace, I believe it is. Um, but it just, it wrecks me every time I think that, that the Son left heaven for us. That, that, that he who was worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory, that he left that for us. He left it for us because of his love for us. What, what kind of king does that? <laughs> I 
that he leaves his glory to die for us. A humble king. A humble king. A king of love. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go to the next slide. Galatians 5.1, for those of you who can't read that, it's kind of hard for me to read it here, actually. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. <laughs> Stand firm, then, and do not let yourself be burdened by the harness of slavery. We just talk, we're not slaves to sin anymore. It's, it's been broken. So it's for freedom, freedom, that, 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 that Christ has set us free. That, that he desires to, us to live out of that. And you say, but, but I, I don't feel free. Well, are you in Christ? If you are, he's declared freedom over you. Positionally, you're free. Positionally. Amen. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourself be Burdened by the harness of slavery. I would add to the end, sometimes again, you know, there's almost like a, don't let yourself be burdened by again. Don't, don't yoke yourself up to it again. You know, that, that really it's, he's just admonishing us. No, don't go back. That's, that's not who you were. Do you not know that he who has died? Amen. Let's go to the next slide, please. This is, no, that's not the last one. Amen. So live, laugh, love. Um, <laughs> it just, it blows my mind literally that, that, that God is, that he is so humble. And it's, it's just something that speaks to my heart more maybe than it does to others. But when, when, when Jesus is asked, you know, what are the two greatest commandments from the Old Testament? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Second is like and unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. But then when he goes to his disciples, he says, a new commandment I give to you, love each other as I have loved you. That in that, he didn't make himself the object, although he is. Although he is, he is the object. But he didn't make himself the object. He says, love each other as I have loved you. Does that make sense? Love each other as I have loved you. He didn't say, love me, even though we have to in order to love each other the way he's loved us. Does that make sense? But he didn't make, in that statement, he didn't make himself the object. Again, things like that are just things that my heart picks up on. I, I see that, and I see in it him honoring us, and um, we're in the process of transitioning, really, our name uh, in the youth group. And the name is Chaos, Christ Honored as our Savior. And I, I really felt that and the Lord shared with me that that which is most honoring to him is when we honor each other. Because he says to us, by this, the whole world will know that you are my disciples. By the love that you have for me. No, 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 no. We need that. We have to have it. But he says, by the love that you have for one another. Because he also says in 1 John, he says, how can you love me whom you haven't seen? 
if you don't love your brothers who you see every day, every second, you know, the, the people that we live with, if you can't love them, you, you don't love me, ultimately, is what he's saying. You, you can't do it. You can't do it. So again, I just, when I read this, I just think um, not only of his love, but again, of his humility and the fact that he honors us. That he honors us. Amen. So <clears throat> the last two parts are the end of 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. If we go to the next slide. Um, again, another familiar, reconcile to reconcile. It's just a really short, uh, just a little short phrase. But it's ultimately that with the Great Commission is ultimately really the, the why of why we're here. There's a lot of other little stuff that kind of fills in the gaps, ministry and bearing each other's burdens, all those things. But the arrow, so to speak, is the ministry of reconciliation and go into all the world. Go into all of Tifton. Go into all of the region. Go into Georgia. Everything else, I mean, I'm probably missing some things, but for me, I see those two as kind of arrows that go hand in hand really we're able to go because he's reconciled us. So uh, go back one side, uh, Tristan, I'm sorry. Go back another one. I think, yeah, so this is reconciled to reconcile. And then we'll read it next. So if you can go to the next verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, or in another version, who has reconciled himself us to himself and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him uh, reconcile basically means to restore to right relationship so that something occurred that marred that broke the relationship reconciliation causes the relationship to be back to the state that it was so God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. I mean, I, I, could, I, could stay, I could stay on this for, I could stay on this for a while. I remember a youth came up to me, just kind of really um, serious about the question as it related to, to this. He said, is this just people who are in Christ? I said, well, there's two ways of looking at it. I said, one is you can look at it from what has been appropriated, and you can look at it from the standpoint of what has yet to be appropriated. So if I write a will and I die, and the will is in my Cameron's name, all right, Everything that's in that will is his, but it's not until he what? He has to, he has to get it. He, he has to appropriate what's in the will. Whatever is required, whether it's a lawyer or whatever, he needs to do that in order to get everything that's in the will. But if he does that, then everything that's in the will is his. Again, listen to what I'm trying to say. Everything that this says is available 
to the person who does not know him. It's available. It's there. It's a will. It has your name on it. But you have to appropriate it. You have to appropriate it and you get it all. But if you don't, you get none of it. None of it. But it's there, available. So I encourage you, whether you are in him, you can read it, or whether you're not. But I, you have to read it from the standpoint of it's not yet appropriated, but it's for me. Amen? Let me start from the beginning. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Past tense. It's past tense. And God has given, past tense, us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Was reconciling. Again, past tense. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave, past tense, us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. That's identity for us now in Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins. So that we could be made right with God through him. There's... The NIV, I want to say, says that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might be the righteousness of God. It blows my mind. It, it, it does. I, I read it, and every time, it, it, it still, I just say that, that you made him perfect, who knew no sin to become sin or to be the sacrifice for sin, all sin. Sin, all sin. There's no sin outside of it. That he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness, that we might be the righteousness of God. And again, I want to encourage those who don't know the Lord that this is available to you. It's available. It is a will with your name on it that must be appropriated. All right, so with that said, he says, go. Amen. As long as we know who we are, we can go and do something for him. Amen. At least you have to know who you are. You know, you don't necessarily have to have that all together, but you need to know who you are in him. Amen. So, again, another familiar verse, go. Um, into all the earth, into all the, the, the whole world, amen? Um, but he says this after he says that all authority has been given to me, not just in heaven, but on earth as well. I have all the authority, now go and make disciples of all nations, amen? That's, again, I, I think that's the arrow. What we just read really uh, shows us how that arrow really has some legs to it because God is no longer imputing your trespasses against you. I, I can walk up to somebody and I can say, I mean, you could be in whatever sin, you know, just sinner, okay? And I can say God's no longer mad at you. That's right. Amen. It's true. He has to appropriate this, but it's true. I can say God's no longer mad. He's not holding your sins against you anymore in Christ. It's paid for. That's the ministry of reconciliation. That's good news. That's right. Bad news is God is still counting your sins against you. That's right. 
That's bad. I don't want to hear that. Well, what am I going to do? Nothing. <laughs> do anything. Amen. That is the ministry of reconciliation that he's given us. He's given us that. Amen. So that we can go. Because we have good news to go and tell people. Amen. Amen. Uh, second to the last slide, I think. Uh, just uh, go forward. I'm sorry. So, does my past disqualify me? Again, I hope that, I hope that as we were reading, the Holy Spirit was just kind of speaking to your heart that ultimately, no, it doesn't. His past qualifies me. But I'm going to preface that. Just like I said when we were reading the last verse, uh, not the last verse, but 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, that those things, this has to be appropriated. That if you're not in him, his past isn't your past. Technically, in that sense, your past has disqualified you, but it doesn't have to. Because his past can qualify you. Amen? Amen. I, I want to read the, uh, the next verse, and it's the second to last one. This is, again, you, uh, we read out of 2 Timothy, or well, 2 Timothy was read to me earlier. Um, and this is 4, 7 through 8. So Paul's getting near the end. <laughs> He's getting near the end of, of his life on this earth. And he says, I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. You know, that, that God gives. You know, in Hebrews it says that he that comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a, he is a rewarder. So Paul says, look, there's a prize that awaits me. The crown of righteousness with the Lord, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on, on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. It's for all of us. Amen. If, can you go back to the, uh, the, the crown, Tristan? Uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to pick this. I was looking for crowns that looked better. But I felt like he, he just shared with me that, no, that one's fine. Because ultimately the crown that I will give you has no comparison to any crown that you could possibly find on this earth. So this little tattered, worn crown, it's perfect. It's perfect. That, that there are times where we want, we want that natural, whatever it is, and God's like, look, I have so much better for you. I mean, I, I don't care if it's got, you know, 100 carat diamonds in that thing. It doesn't matter. I, I have better, eternal things to give you that I want to give you. But you, gotta, you have to give up your little earthly crown, you know, for me to give it to you. Um, let's go to the last slide. I remember there was a time in my life where I read this, and it, it gave me pause. What I mean by that is I didn't want to believe it. I just want you to read it, just between you and the Lord. Just read it. And then if it gives you pause, read it again. And maybe you don't know him. Again, it's still the same. It's his desire for you. 
It's his desire. Let, let me read it for you. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you, and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That, that God would sing over me? <laughs> Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Because of who he is. He's, he is a perfect, loving, humble, holy, gracious, righteous, just God. Amen? And he proclaims this to you. That his heart is to rejoice over you with singing. To take great joy in you. <laughs> Can we go back to the crown, please? Yes, Jesus. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, buddy, I was just, yeah, amen, come on, Jesus, come on, amen, what's your name, buddy? Everything you said, man, is absolutely true, yes, I believe every single bit of it, man, I want to say that was awesome, thank you for your obedience, well, is there anyone else? Is there anyone else who the Holy Spirit touched your heart and you say, look, I, <laughs> I want to surrender my heart to him. That, that everything he's paid for, I, 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 I'm ready to cash the check. Because <laughs> it's written and it has my name on it, but I, I have to cash it. Is there anyone? Is there anyone else? Amen. Sam, would you come up here and pray? What's your name, buddy? Justin. Justin. Amen. I'm going to turn this off. Amen. If, if you would just, just enter in, just, just be praying, you know, for what the Lord is doing um, and maybe even wants to do in you, you know. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just stretch our hands forward toward Justin, Father, in the name of Jesus. And anybody else in this room, Lord, that has not made you the Lord of their life, that has surrendered their life to you, that has said, I'm tired of running, I'm tired of chasing my tail, I'm tired of going after things that give me no fulfillment, I'm tired of living my life where there's no satisfaction, there's no excitement, there's no joy, there's no contentment, Lord, for anybody in that 
mindset. Lord, we pray. And we thank you, Lord, for your saving grace that has qualified us to be partakers of the divine nature, the divine kingdom of God that gives us the ability because of your great love, because of your mercy, has given us the ability to now stand in the very presence of the Father as if sin never, ever existed. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, does your past disqualify you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Your past does not disqualify you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right, I've, I've had a lot of people, a lot of people in church that have really been trying to pour out into my life and, and, and really trying to help me. And, um, and I've been holding on to just a bunch of crap or junk, sorry. Um, but, um, you know, or, well, earlier I was sitting out there and, I, and the Lord told me, he said, man, you need to go tell them you want to get in that water. And um, I, I didn't do it. Um, but I knew that it was God and I knew that I was disobedient for not going up there and telling you know, them that I'm supposed to get wet. And, um, but I am going to do it and I will talk to uh, Pam and get that set up. Um, and I've been baptized before, and I've been saved, I thought. Matter of fact, I know I have, man, because I know, I know God. I know conviction. I know, um, I mean, I know when he's talking to me. There ain't no doubt about it. But, you know, God, I know God's got a calling on my life. Um, but I'm scared of it. I was. I'm fishing to be fishing to get into that thing. But um, I just can't be, I mean, I can't get happy not doing it um and uh so it's just that time but um but yeah i surrender and i just want to thank everybody for loving me and, and you know not worrying about my past and um just being there for me so um, and praise god amen you got anything else you want to say That, that did it. Amen. Did he do a great job this morning sharing the heart of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Will you stay or will you run with all your fervor to the commitment that I laid in your hands? I've laid in your lap as you have come to me. I call you. I call you now to arise. Sleep no longer, but arise and be fervent. Arise and be resilient, for I have set you free. And I have given you a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To lay hands on the sick and see them recover. To cast out the devils. To take up any deadly thing and it shall not harm you. And of course to speak with new tongues. For I tell you there are those among you who have not the strength to withstand the days that are coming. But I tell you I have prepared for you even as I prepared for those in the upper room that strength. I told them don't go. Don't go until it comes and it rests on you and it lives in you. Then go and then you will preach the gospel and you will see 3,000 in a day come to the grace and saving knowledge that my son has given. He has given you freedom. He has set you free for whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. And I tell you, arise, O sleepy one. No longer sleep or slumber. For I tell you, there is an enemy that awaits to destroy you. But I have given you the power to put him under your feet. To take your people away from him. But yet you sit and you wait on others to do it. I tell you, now is the time like no other. For it is my hour of supernaturality in you, not in others, in you. Here, here to those who have an ear to hear will be obedient this day, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I know it's late. I know we need to depart, but Justin, if you want to get baptized, we'll take care of that right now. Well, just go on up there to the back and cut that light on for him. And... No, I'll dunk you. I can do it right here. Hallelujah. Better late than not getting in at all. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There you go. Come on. Kevin, will you come hold this for me? Just put your hand right there in case. Well, I can swim. You can swim. Well, Justin, turn around right here. As an act of your faith and obedience to the will of God for your life, and so moved and stirred, I, your pastor, baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Glory, glory, glory. Well, listen, on that note, I'm going to let you be gone and dismiss you. I just want to say one thing. Wednesday nights is how we get together other than on Sundays. And you can't get to know people as well on Sundays. Come join us on Wednesday nights. We've got four connect groups. Two of them meet outside of the church. Two of them meet inside the church. We've got the maps and the instru- I mean, uh, directions and all that stuff online. But I just want to encourage you guys. This has been a great day in the Lord. Don't lose sight of it. Don't let your past, don't let the enemy try to stumble you. What was that slide that said don't be tripped up by something in your past? Don't, don't allow your past to be a stumbling block to your future. We love you. We bless you. We release you. Have a good day in the Lord. In Jesus' name.